Welcome into the His Earners Podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. And today we have a wonderful podcast for you discussing the conference finals. We just finished with the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics game and there still has not been a sweep in both conference finals yet in NBA history. We dive into what's next for the Nuggets and the, who we expect them to face. And we talk about the Lakers and what they should do slightly moving forward. We don't go into that too much. And then we finish with ranking our favorite playoff performances of the 2023 season. That's all next here on the His and Hers podcast. All right, Paige. What a game. You mentioned it's what you, I guess, you thought or maybe was it hoped the Lakers were going to do uh, on Monday night. The Celtics rally, Jason Tatum scores 33 points on an efficient 14 for 22 from the field. The Boston Celtics take game four, avoid the sweep. What if you had a rate at one out of 6.3, what would you be? What would you rate the chances of the Celtics coming back and have being the first team to come back from a 3 0 deficit? 6.3. What a yes, what a scale. Uh, likelihood is one being likely or 6.3 likely, 6.3 being most likely, one being least likely. I'm going to give it a solid two. Um, obviously I think that you saw some really great things from the Celtics tonight, but I think you saw some things from the heat that you're not going to see again, that I don't think Spolstra or, uh, Jimmy. Butler. 32% for people keeping track at home. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there is a chance that the Celtics take game five, obviously being home court, but I don't think there's any way this get past a game six without the heat pulling out another win. Wouldn't it be interesting if. If you're the Celtics, you just got to, I feel like you just got to win one more game because. And you're back in it. Yeah. Cause if you're the Miami Heat, you don't want to go back and play game six where now it's okay. If we now, then you start to think, well, now if we don't win, we have to go back, you know, for game seven at TD Garden. So not that I think it'll happen out of 6.3, I put it a 1.7% chance or 1.7 out of 6.3 that they uh, have a chance to come back from 3-0. I just think Jimmy Butler and his mentality is not going to allow uh, that team, Spolstra. It's hard, very, very hard to sweep anybody in the playoffs, especially when you get into these later rounds. So I would be absolutely shocked. But Scott Foster just lived up to his name tonight, though. He was able to extend the series. So good shout out to Scott Foster. The extender. the extender. It's always good when people live up to their uh, to their hype. Way to go, NBA. Nobody saw that coming. But it is interesting uh, what it delays. You know, the quotes coming out of, of Boston, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, both kind of leaking. Hey, don't let us win one game. Don't let us get one. Because essentially saying, you know, if we get one, then we may start believing. I just think if you look at the totality of the series and you look at the playoffs, I don't think that there's a bigger coaching mismatch than Joe Mazzula against Eric Spolstra. I think hands down, obviously Spolstra has hardware previously. You know, he took the, the heat to the finals just a couple of years ago in the bubble, but I don't think there's a better coach in the NBA than Spolstra, even though he doesn't have the, 
you know, requisite hardware in recent years, but I don't think there's anyone doing more with less than what he has been able to do with this really just unique roster. And and I want to hear kind of what you would what you would say to this statement, Paige. I have this belief that with where the NBA's at, there is a not a worse outcome for the league than the Miami Heat winning the NBA Finals. Do you know why I would do you, you know where I'm going with that, or should I expound? Um, I have an idea, but let's expound a little bit. So the NBA has been fighting for the last, I would say, five years, give or take, on rest, on players missing games. They've been having to put in these rules, 65 game minimum, uh, just to earn, you know, all pro and individual awards. If the Miami Heat, who were an eight seed, it's kind of a, it's kind of you could whatever viewpoint you have. It's like, well, no, it's good for the NBA because. The play-in tournament was a success. A team that was on the fringe ended up making it and made this incredible run. That's good for the league. Uh, or is it really bad for the league because a team that just kind of went through the season, they obviously dealt with injury, but they just kind of were there hanging around. The play-in tournament allowed them to be very lackadaisical because they knew they just had to win one of those games. They win one of them, and they – Put it all together. A team that was the one seed last year is now, you know, a good, good team that puts it all together and makes this run. So now, you know, the regular season doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything to anybody. So I think if you're from home court advantage, that's still the only benefit that you get. But is it really anything anymore? I mean, the Boston Celtics lost nine times in the regular season at home. So it's 32 and nine for the, you know, for 41 games. They've lost five times already in the playoffs and they're in danger of losing this sixth time at home. So is there even a home court advantage anymore? I mean, unless you're Denver. I just just think I don't think there's a worse outcome for the NBA than the Miami Heat and seven, eight seed winning the NBA championship. But also just going to the fact that like, obviously maybe not the best outcome that they want, but also like maybe, I don't know, take a beat and lessen the amount of games in the season. Like they'll never do that though, because then all those stats become even more unattainable than the, those counting stats, which I think a lot of guys care about. If you lessen the games, those become untouchable. Yeah. Well, let's do it right after LeBron did the all time scoring record. Half the games. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that actually fixes the issues though? Well, I think to an extent, right? Because obviously like this is a lot of games, like basketball is one of the games like one of the few sports that I feel like you can play repeated games back to back, but the more like, it's just like, it is a very physical game. And so it's not like a baseball game where these guys like can just play a game every single night that week and not notice anything on their body. Like, and so there is the element of like, people are getting hurt more often because I just think because of the strength that the strenuousness of the league of being happening to fly across the country twice a week happening to go to these different stadiums, play different games. And so I think to an extent, yes, the length of the NBA season, the amount of games that we ask these guys to play does have an effect. Now, granted, will that solve every issue? I don't think so, but I think it's something that the league shouldn't, should have considered in the beginning. I think it's something that they should have. I know that they initially did it. You know, they initially do it because they think, oh, we'll get more money from ticket sales, blah, 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 all this stuff, which I'm sure that they do. 
But also if you have fewer games, you can, the demand will be higher because there won't be as many opportunities and you can capitalize that way. And so, I don't know. I just think the length of this season is interesting, especially like not only having such a length of a season, but then having the playoffs that last so long so that by the time these top players make it to the finals, like they have been through some grueling weeks of intense playoff basketball. And so, I mean, it's no surprise when players like when it happens, like a Kevin Durant happened where it's like, he has a major injury in the finals game after being like having issues and then having to push through all of that for the entire series. Like, I don't know. It's just interesting to me that way of like having that much sit, having that much task for these players to play, like their bodies are going to show it. It makes it so they can't stay in the league as long. I think, you know what? I think the solution should be for the league. I think the worst thing that they try and do is for October, November, December. So for five months of the NBA season, they compete with the NFL. They are. Yes. They're directly competing with the NFL. And then once the NFL season is over, what immediately follows it? March Madness that takes almost everybody. So by the time March Madness is over, the NBA season is done. And, you know, middle of April, the playoffs start. And and in all actuality, like I started, obviously, when football season ends, that's when I start watching a lot more of those Wednesday, Friday, you know, Wednesday night games, Thursday night games on TNT, the Saturday showcase games. But it isn't until then that I do. So I don't know why. Maybe maybe they're just afraid of what the summer would bring. But why don't they just bump out the season to have it start on Christmas Day? You know, when the lockout happened a number of years ago, that's when the season tipped off. I remember it was after the Mavericks beat the Heat in the finals. And that was actually the opening game between the two teams and the Heat ran them out of the building. Uh, so I don't know why they don't just move the season back to December, play it into the summer, because I don't know. It just seems like they would be the the main thing, like baseball. They, they would just be competing with baseball. That, I think that would kind of trumpet in popularity. And although maybe it's not like prime TV watching time, you're not competing with the monstrosity that is both NFL football and college football for a high majority of your season. Uh, what did you think about too? Like, it's also like not only those, like those competing elements, but also like most TV shows are airing during those times. Like those are when their seasons are. And so it like opens up like the summer doesn't have a ton going on. So like you could really no. capitalize on that. Well, no. And I, and the reason I thought it was really good is I remember when the bubble happened and it picked back up in August, it was really was, sweet. Everyone was paying attention to the, it was to the so NBA cool. that season. It was so cool to be able to just turn on a game in the summer when you hadn't been. And obviously that was a unique circumstance. You know, didn't have anything, any sports to watch for that for a period of time. But from now, you know, when June 1st until June you know, 10th, whenever it ends, for me, I'm not a baseball fan. It enters into just like That's no a, man's land. How for, dare you say that? That's an American pastime. Hey, for I have a lot of people. Uh, shout out Tyson Wallace, uh, who listens to the podcast. He loves baseball. I credit to you, but I, Good I job, can't. Tyson. Good job, Tyson. I can't. I can't watch it. It's just not my game. And so I enter a period of like, well, what I'm going to do with all my free time? And then I just watch old Vikings games or old football games on NFL Network. That's where my life goes to in free time. Anyway, back to the Miami Heat. Uh, that 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 is how I feel though. I you know to round that all the way back to saying uh, 
the NBA has been having this crisis where they're going to build this midseason tournament and going to make this whole thing kind of matter in the middle, which I just don't know if it's going to work, where I feel like if they just, like you said, reduce the number of games um, or if you're the NBA, you just hope that the number one seed, you know, Nuggets or the two-seeded Celtics, if they were able to come back, win the whole thing because then it shows, hey, having the whole season in and having home court advantage, like you said, does ultimately matter because if the Celtics were somehow able to force this game seven, that's in TD Garden. That's a big deal, uh, and it's not a worst-case scenario for the league. That's just what I think, but it also depends on your viewpoint, obviously. As does everything. Uh, so you're at a 2% chance, 6.3. So there's really no big takeaways for you. It's more about let's see game five. Yeah. I mean, I see, I think we see this a lot, right? Like in a series, it's difficult to sweep a team and it's grueling. And so, I mean, you're going to see teams not perform their best and majority of the time, the other team is going to capitalize. I still think that, uh, Overall, the Celtics obviously have more talent, but I think right now the Heat are a better team. They have a better coach, they have a better system, and they know how to beat the Celtics. And so I would honestly be shocked. I'm still sticking with my prediction of last week that's proved to be 50% right, that it's going to be Nuggets Heat in the NBA Finals starting on June 1st. And so I'm going to stick with that. I think you're going to see Jimmy Butler come out with a vengeance. I think he's going to have another 50-plus point game um, on Thursday night, and they're going to clean up this series. Oh, you're you're throwing a fifty burger out there, huh? Like I it's am. nothing. Holy cow! It's nothing for Jimmy B. You know what I'm saying? Oh man! So Play I know Jimmy. Yeah, I guess game five, which will be nice. By the time we speak next week, everything will be settled. We'll have our finals preview and give our prediction who we think is going to win. But and and by the way, I called Nuggets all the way back at the beginning as well. So yeah, but you also said Celtics last week, so. There's still a chance. Yeah. I don't look so bad now, don't I? Uh, So I know that on the other side, I know who you want to talk about. I know who you want to throw flowers at. Do I want Uh, to talk about it? It's true. But how good are the Nuggets? They're good. Because I remember when we talked last week, it was like, hey, I know that the Lakers lost, but man, did they lose valiantly? It seems like that was forever ago. That game one where they put up 126 points and still lost or whatever the score was that ended quickly. Yeah. But also it was they had a lot of good losses. That was the thing is that this was a series of great losses. I'll tell you what, I but would this love is, to find would, a, a four game sweep. That was more competitive than that. I know you, I'm like, there was not a game that was like a major blowout that was over in the third quarter. Like there wasn't that game, that series, which you usually see in a sweep, at least one of those. And so that was really interesting because every single game, it felt like the Lakers were going to come back and do it at least one time. And they just didn't. Um, but I mean, obviously I obviously have some bias towards LeBron, but I pin all, I pin this series faults on Anthony Davis. Like yeah. to me, it's like, the Lakers won the Golden State series because Anthony Davis played like he wanted to win every single game. And we didn't see that we didn't see that side of Anthony Davis in this um, in this series against the Nuggets. He didn't seem as devoted. He didn't seem as aggressive. He wasn't. It's just a lot of a lot of things that go into that. But it's like LeBron had a 40 plus point game last night and played incredible basketball. And. 
obviously game three was a bit of a struggle for him. Um, but a bit. But aside from that, like to me, this is like that is LeBron James at 38 years old, his 20th season in the league. AD is in his prime. Like this is the time that AD should be at his absolute best. And the fact that he just kind of disappeared in the second half of these games was really just so frustrating to me. Um, But back to the Nuggets, I mean, obviously, I think the best thing that the Nuggets have going for them is that they have guys that can step up whenever anyone else is down. We've talked about this a little bit in terms of the depth of the bench, but I mean, Jamal Murray struggling hardcore in the first three quarters of game, was it game two or game three? It was and game, uh, I think it was game two. Game two. It was game two. He could not hit the broadside of a barn, but Jokic and Caldwell Pope keep them in that game. And then Murray goes off in the fourth quarter. Can't miss anything. Just has an incredibly epic finish. And then you saw that throughout the series, right? Like Jokic wasn't having like, Honestly, there was a lot of quarters where I felt like the Lakers had really figured out how to handle Jokic. Um, Rui did an incredible job guarding Jokic. And, like, hats off to that guy. I think that he did an incredible job. Schroeder did a great job on Murray. And I just think it came down to the fact that the that Anthony Davis and the Lakers were not capitalizing on the offensive end on moments that they should have because they were getting some incredible defensive stops. Um, and also just like last night, it was just so frustrating. I mean, Jokic has got five fouls with about five minutes left in the game, and we just stopped driving on him. Now, granted, you could go back at the film. There's a clear foul that Jokic gives after that that they do not call. So you can go oh. back to the film, but you can do that with every game. You can Ref's always point. No, you can always pinpoint different things, but I just think that overall it's like the Nuggets were a team that wanted it more. And you could see that in the way that the players were playing. You could see it in the way that they were communicating with each other. That is a Nuggets team that they want a championship, not only for themselves, but they want it for that city. And so it was pretty cool to watch for them. What's interesting, as I, you know, as we mentioned, it was a very competitive four-game sweep. And I believe other than game one, the Lakers held the lead in the fourth quarter of every single game. And in game one, if they tied it, I think they may have tied it or down two, uh, you know, late, late into the fourth and and had a, a chance to win it. So, you know, it's twofold. It's you could look at it as, you know, the Lakers didn't take advantage of some awesome opportunities, whether that's Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell, who played terribly this series or you could look at it as the nuggets being probably the champion of the nba this year having that series where they just show we're deeper we're better we have the best player in the world and we're just going to win like it's not that we're going to dominate you we're going to blow you out you know because you are a good team as well the lakers but every single time you know and i it was main it was game 3 when it just was Every single time the Lakers did something to like, okay, they're at home, that's going to gain a momentum. Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, KCP, Jamal Murray, or Jokic would just do something, you know, just to 
to put a, to damp or dampen that fire. Like it was just yeah. unbelievable. Aaron Gordon would get a block or KCP would hit a three and it would just change the complete momentum of the game. And you could see kind of the gear switch um, in the Nuggets team. And I think that was like the craziest thing to watch is how like they could be down. Like, I mean, yes, like last night they're down by 15 points at one point. And just to see them be able to kind of switch that back on, gain momentum and then go on like seven, eight, 10 point run like point streaks um was just i don't know it's just a team that they're they that's a championship built team if i've ever seen one well yeah and i think they just do the best the best thing that they do is better than anyone which is because of how Jokic plays the game which is very unselfishly uh able to pass not really looking for a shot unless he you know he needs to they always are able to get a good look you know, how many times was Michael Porter Jr. open on the wing for a three or Mike Brown in the corner to slash in and get an easy layup? And then in game four, Aaron Gordon hit three open threes as well. Like what they do best is share the basketball, uh, play unselfishly and follow kind of their leader in Jokic. And they just play the right way. And so no matter what the Lakers did, whose who's half-court defense was one of the best in the NBA after the trade deadline, they looked distorted a lot of the times. There's a lot of times where they lost their man or Anthony Davis seemed detached. And I think that shows you the difference in how important having a big guy to disrupt what Anthony Davis wants to do. You looked at, like you brought up the Warrior series, Kevon Looney, you know, their Draymond Green aren't striking fear in him. He's able to hang around the rim and oppose his will that way, as opposed to Jokic, who's able to pull him off. And even if he's not guarding him, Jokic can expose Anthony Davis and put him in uncomfortable situations. And so then uh, AD is shooting fadeaways every time he gets the ball instead of attacking the rim, which is what we saw game after game with him in these series. Absolutely. Uh, so the, the Nuggets are unbelievable. Their role players stepped up. I, I think I saw a stat that they uh, – it was uh, KCP, Mike Brown. Is it Brent, Is it Mike Brown? Some Brown. No, uh, I think it's Mike Brown. But And then uh, Michael Porter Jr. shot 60% on their open looks in this series, which is just crazy. And I, I think the open – is within two feet or something, but it just seemed like every time that they were, they were open, they were hitting threes. So really good team. And you mentioned a 30 point half from Jamal Murray in game three, LeBron James had a 31 point half in game four and they had led by 12 or 14 and a half time ended up where they fell short. And the LeBron had some very interesting comments in the post game. Do you think he's actually retiring or is he just trying to get Kyrie Irving on the Lakers? I don't think he's retiring, but I think it's either Kyrie's coming to the Lakers or you're going to see, uh, you're going to see LeBron Lee ballet. Um, it oh. just, it, it reminds me of, um, when he left the heat, um, they obviously won a couple championships together. They lost that fourth, um, champion. They lost that fourth finals run that they had. And, uh, he went pretty quiet on everyone about what he was going to do. And even Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch were kind of left waiting to kind of hear his announcement. Um, and LeBron took a little bit, took a beat. And then 
he just was like, I need to go home. And like his driving force was that he wanted to win a championship for Cleveland. And so I don't know, I'm just feeling, I'm feeling very similar, like seeing his body composure post game, watching his interview and just the things that he's saying. Um, I think it's like, there's, I, that's the rumor right now, right? Is that there's mentions of like Kyrie landing in LA, but I could see this also being a situation where LeBron exits LA and goes to a different team um, in preparation for Bronny entering the league. So only time will tell, but you know, I'll be watching that like a Hawk. There's no way, there's no, I, I don't think there's any way he retires right now. Well, I saw someone and I don't think he will either. I do think like LeBron is going to make it known when it's his last season and he is going to capitalize on a profit because of that. He's going to have a ton of things in play. He's going to have a whole video production that follows him around for the final season. Like it's going to be a production with him because it always is. And his whole thing is he's created a business out of himself, not just a, a basketball career. And so I just don't think that it's going to line up that he's going to disappear like that. Well, yeah. And getting swept uh, and, you know, there's someone I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is LeBron is always trying to gain leverage on the front office and to try to maximize his ability to win a championship. And so I do think ultimately this is a move to get Kyrie or, you know, if it's not Kyrie, somebody, because there's a lot of negatives hitting Kyrie outside of just his personality, but what it does to the current roster. We don't have to dive into that, but I did see someone say, you know, he want maybe there's a possibility that he could take the year off, you know, spend time watching Bronny USC recharge the body and come back in year 21. And I'm like, that would be, that would be crazy. I don't see that happening. Uh, maybe, I, just, I don't know. Perhaps he uh, goes and plays baseball for a moment. Oh yeah. That works. Sound well. familiar. So, what if he just like did a complete one? A played football. Be wild. Uh, okay. 32 teams. LeBron says, I, I will play on the vet minimum for anyone who will sign me. Out of 32, how many are giving him a shot? 32. Every single one of them? Every single one of them. You think even like, the, so like I get the the instant appeal of like the selling tickets, but you think the Kansas City Chiefs are like, yeah. Let's get that distraction in here. You don't think Patty Mahomes wants to throw a TD pass to LeBron James? Well, not that he wouldn't, but there are some negatives to that. That would be a circus. That would be really cool, though. Straight up. That would be the sickest thing. That would be all my wildest dreams come true. My favorite athlete of all time playing my favorite sport of all time. It would be. That would be awesome. It would be. It'd be crazy. There, you know, there is an alternate universe where LeBron James chose chooses football over over basketball, and I would be very interested to see because he was an all. I believe, if I have my memory <laughs> correct, he was like an all state wide receiver his freshman or sophomore year. Yes, he was two years in a row. He got a lot of different interactions from a variety of different schools. Notre Dame being one of them, reaching out, offering him scholarships his sophomore year. I don't know why I pretend not to know anything around you that because <laughs> it just asked you the. <laughs> But so yeah, so 32 teams, you think 32, I think, I think it's, I think it's over 20, 25. I think they're just certain teams. Like I don't think Bill Belichick's in that game. I don't think he wants to get that in there. You don't know Bill Belichick, big LeBron fan. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Aaron Rodgers would love that. Oh, Aaron Rodgers got a boo-boo practice. Oh no. So that's the hot news in 
in football. Not, not to go too far off track, but how awesome is it to see him not in a packed uniform? Oh, it's the best thing of my life. <laughs> it is. It is unbelievable. I'll tell you what. Can't wait for football season. Just wow. <laughs> wow. Anyway, uh, so yeah, very interesting off season in Los Angeles. So we'll have a finals preview, give our finals prediction next week. What we wanted to do, because I, I do differentiate the playoffs in my mind from the finals. I think the finals takes a step up. And when you talk about playoff performances versus, I think there is a distinction between playoff performances and finals performances. I think they kind of enter into a different aura. So I wanted to do a draft. So we're going to do a draft and we'll have three each. We'll just go back and forth on our favorite, most impressive, whatever thing you want to put around it, playoff performances of the 2023 playoffs. So, Paige, do you want to go first? Always. All right. Okay, my number one draft. I get drafted first. You can't take my player. Yeah, like you you get that game. That's your game. I can't choose it. Yeah, okay. So I draft first Nikola Jokic. Which individual game? Oh, you're making me choose a game? Yeah, like your favorite performance of the season. Oh, okay. Uh, Should have communicated more in the text thread. Yeah, you just said players. Come on. Nah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, no, you said team or players. I said players, meaning yep. <laughs> individual <laughs> games. I'll start. <laughs> Give you a second to catch up. So I know it's that what's interesting about this playoffs, there's been two 50 point playoffs. The first time it's ever happened in game sevens, but neither of those are my pick. My number one pick, my favorite one that I've watched is Devin Booker's game three against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, 47 points, nine assists, six rebounds with an 80% clip and 60% from three-point range. The couple of reasons why this one's my favorite, I think it became even more impressive to see how they stretched that series to six where the roster of Phoenix is definitely pretty light. And so to see these two otherworldly games from him and KD at home, but watching that game, it just felt like he was going to make everything. Like it seemed every time he shot it, and it was obviously pretty close to that, Every time he shot it, it was going to go in. He had complete control of that game. And through that stretch, you know, it kind of finished a little light for him. But, of course, it's going to when you're carrying that type of load. He was the MVP of the playoffs, had a great Clipper series, and had a great Denver series as well. But that game three was a ton of fun to watch. Definitely my my favorite performance of the playoffs. Your favorite out of all of them. So you went guns first. Guns first. What does that even mean? The hell? I thought we were going like like top to bottom, but are we going bottom to top? No, that was my number one. That's your number one. Yeah. So like, you're going you're gonna to go to number three after this. So you're not building up to anything for the people. Number you three? Just, no, Paige, what comes after number one? My favorite. Be number two. Be my second favorite. I know. <laughs> okay. 
guns guns out what does that even mean i don't know what that was the weirdest thing you've ever said to me i don't know what that means i'm confused <laughs> okay 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 <clears throat> i just listen i want to take Jokic, but i don't like Jokic very much so i'm gonna go with jimmy butler against game number four versus milwaukee oh yeah dropped. 56 points, nine rebounds, two assists, one block, 67% field goal shooting percentage. Chef's kiss. I mean, that was the ultimate Jimmy Butler style game that everybody wanted. Knocking the number one seed, like beating the number one seed in that way with Jimmy Butler leading that forefront. Just an incredible, incredible athletic performance by that guy. Oh, you went went guns out. Oh, guns out on that one, bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've had John Morant on the mind. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you're not going to go Jokic, I'm going to go Jokic. Western Conference Finals yeah. game one. That's going to be my next one. Anytime you can choose something that has only been done by two other players in NBA history and him and each of those players only doing once, him doing it twice, I will go with that one. Jokic with a 34-point, 21-rebound, and 14-assist game one, shooting 70% from the field, setting the tone for that series. It's always so interesting what the butterfly effect will do. If he even plays at 70% or 80% of this level, they lose that first game to Los Angeles, and who knows what happens after that point. So Nikola Jokic uh, with a dominant performance at home to open up the Western Conference Finals and set up the sweep would be my second favorite performance of the playoffs. Love that for you. Love that for you. My next up, Jason Tatum, Game 7 against 76ers. I mean, one, a Game 7, like, those are the best games in any sort of playoff situation, obviously. Highest risk, highest reward. To drop 51 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, two steals, and shoot 60% from not only, but then 60% from three-point range as well. It was just in one of his best feats he's done so far. Oh, this one's tough. It's my last one. So... I'm trying to think maybe I'm going to do because I feel like it was a throwback game for LeBron James game four against the Memphis Grizzlies, 22 points, 20 rebounds, seven assists and two blocks, including the game tying layup with like 0.4 seconds left high off the backboard. And he played a team high 45 minutes in this basketball game. The reason this one was particularly enjoyable for me, you know, being 38, getting 20 rebounds, being, you know, doing the dirty work down there, playing such a, a, a long stretch and having that layup at the end was one of the, you know, I, one of those last kind of games I, I think you'd see from him. His game six against the Warriors was probably better in stats and in, in his full control. Cause I remember he missed a lot of shots early on in this game, but to see him 
you know, have that in at the end of regulation and then that and one on Dylan Brooks in overtime that kind of put him over the over the top and you know got him to a three one lead. If if that doesn't happen, if he misses that layup and it's two two goes back to Memphis, they win that one. Maybe they don't make this deep run into the conference finals. So I think that was a pivotal game and he kind of put on a little vintage uh LeBron James game. That was fun to watch. Wish you go back a month time. relive that again. First time. <laughs> Okay, my last one, uh, this one is not a winner, but this performance was, and nobody can argue, was not one of the greatest, especially from someone who is so often known as choking in the playoffs. I'm going to go with James Harden's stat line from game four against the Boston Celtics uh, when he went for 42 points, nine assists, eight rebounds, four steals, one block, and the man had the audacity to shoot 69% from field goal range and 66.7 from the three-point line. He was a bad man that day. Yeah, and his game one, 45 points with the game game winner was pretty sweet as well. So I guess that'd be another honorable mention. I have honorable mention, didn't make my cut, but Anthony Davis game one between the Warriors, 30 points, 23 rebounds. And then uh, game five for Devin Booker, 47 points, 10 assists, eight rebounds, 70%. My goodness, that dude just shot the lights out this playoffs, old Devin Book. So uh, My honorable mention will be Steph Curry, uh, Game 7 against the Kings, 50 points. It's sad because it just felt like it happened so long ago. that I know. It's actually actually wild. That feels like a different season ago. Yeah, the playoffs are long. long battle quite so remember those times when we had like you had like three playoff games every night those were the days guns out (laughs) guns out yo guns out yeah i know it's been a great playoff so let us know what you think if you agree with us disagree with us let me know i think that's a pretty fair assessment but uh i i think my list is better but let us know who you think won that uh that draft all right, so I've got I've got a little shocking story for you. Uh oh. As a non baseball fan, I don't know if you're going to have known this news. Okay. But uh, last night at the Guardians Chicago White Sox game, Will Brennan hits a ball that then skirts and hits a bird and kills the bird. Oh no! Just directly on the field. And so, anyways, if you haven't watched the film. It's pretty crazy to watch. <laughs> Literally, the the ball clock's in at about 100.1 miles per hour, and it hits this bird, and the bird literally just flies. Uh, Will Brennan gets to first base and then just grimaces because he's seen what's happened. They had to pause the game. The ground screw had to come and remove the dead bird, and then Will Brennan had to uh, tweet at PETA that he was sorry for killing a bird. That's sad. Did you know my? Did you you know Charlie Page, my cat? Yeah, we know my daughter, Charlie. my daughter's cat. Every time I come to your house, my face swells up. He killed a bird this week. <gasps> Charlie. He is nuts. He got out. And on Friday, Shelby texts me, my wife, and says, Charlie killed the bird. And my daughters were trying to protect the bird, but he snapped its wing. They get Charlie back inside. And this bird is just staring at it, like won't move from the spot. One of the worst feelings I've ever had. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm not much of an animal guy, but this bird obviously didn't know where to go. Couldn't fly. 
was stuck in this like corner fence area. And I was trying to figure out what to do with the bird. I didn't want to kill it. I'm not the type of person. I just, I couldn't muster doing it, like taking a shovel out and just butchering this bird. I think it was a Robin. You take it so to I'm, like, I'm like Monday, I'll call animal control, see if they, cause I read that they may have like a bird team that could come get it and maybe fix it up. <laughs> Probably just kill it themselves. But anyway, a bird team. <laughs> before I could do that, Charlie bloodthirsty got out was just waiting and snuck out when the Shelby was taking the girls out to school and massacres this bird just obliterates it so our our cat's crazy she's a killer yeah she sounds like a hunting dog it's a boy charlie page i said he sounds like a hunting dog i thought you said she guns out (laughs) i said so I got to ask you a question, uh, switching a little bit back to the NFL. They passed a rule that is not very popular. Obviously, for the player side of it, I I fully agree with. Sucks that you can play Sunday and then have it flexed where all of a sudden you're playing Thursday and have it be your second time playing a Thursday night football game. Just stinks. You know, I feel bad for the players that have to go through that. But there's a side of it that I didn't think about, but I but I had been thinking like okay what if i we went to a viking game this past year we won't talk about which one when did we fly in when did we buy tick when did we buy our plane ticks to fly in for the game on a sunday uh we flew in on thursday night yeah we f- we flew on friday night well i threw flew in on thursday uh yeah i flew on a fr- friday morning <laughs> We landed Friday morning. So this whole idea of flexing these games sucks because if you're a fan, you have to just like, holy cow, I hope that they don't change this game because that would have just messed up everything. Like we fly on Friday, we left Monday because the game is set. You know, they flexing the game on Sunday never really affects much because, okay, ours got went from 11 o'clock kickoff and they moved it to 3 o'clock. That's kind of cool. And that's why we got obliterated, so they should have kept it at 11. Well, again, I said we weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> but it's completely different when you shift it not only like Saturday night, but you're shifting all the way to Thursday. So this money grab, this like ensuring television is good, I understand why the NFL would want to do it, but man, is it disrespectful for the fans trying to go to games? That sucks a lot. Yeah, it does. I just had, I don't know if you have any thoughts off that. I just, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's difficult because like the NFL is obviously a business, so they have to do what's best for ratings and what's going to bring the most money. And so I understand those points, but it's also like to a point that it's like, At what point do you have to make those like, because the NFL tries to do this every year and like, they'll still have Monday night games that suck because like a team that they expect to be really good is actually not that great. And so it's just kind of funny. Denver Broncos being the perfect example of that last year. We had to to watch like four primetime games with the Denver Broncos just sucking it up week after week. And then there's those teams that like, we know that they're always going to get a lot of primetime because it's just how the NFL runs. And it's, you have those certain teams that will just always have more primetime games than others. And so that's where I'm like, just make it easy. Like just set the schedule and have the schedule be the schedule. Like, 
give the fan base better incentive to like attend games and buy tickets early. And that way you'll have less people buying tickets late and having to drop prices on them. And so there's just a whole element of it that side too, that I, I'm sure that they make more money from the TV packages and sponsorships and things like that than they do from actual attendees at games. But the actual individual franchises will make, probably make more from what they from the food sales that they make within the stadium. So don't piss off your fan base and just get people to the game. Yeah, it just sucks because I know that the only Thursday night football game I could remember from last year was the very first one between the Chargers and the Chiefs. I don't remember it another thursday night football game did i watch every thursday night football game yes but i cannot pinpoint what thursday night football game i watch like that's the thing too is like football fans are just gonna watch football like the game is gonna be turned on regardless of who is like me i turn on every single game every single sunday night monday night thursday night all day sunday i'm watching nfl football well what's funny is they you know one of the biggest reasons was they you know gotten into a partnership with Amazon Prime to stream have the exclusive right to the Thursday night games which is just funny because the reason the numbers were down is because it's on streaming there's there's a whole generation of people that no matter if it's easier or more accessible they just aren't going to do it cuz it's not on their local channel like that's why like if you look at context is really important 2 years ago the Duke in University of North Carolina played in the Final Four, right? But it was on TNT or on TBS. It was on a, a, like a, a subscription uh, channel. And so the viewership compared to even this year's Final Four wasn't the same because this one was on CBS. And it's just going to be more because it's free. It, they're easy to get. And all, almost everybody in America has access to that. So when you when you're talking about streaming, it was down because it's a up and coming way to watch sports. It's not fully integrated into everybody's lives. So I just think it was a little bit of overreaction. I don't think it's fair to players, and I don't think it's fair to fans uh, who are well, trying also, to attend these games. It's also interesting too with like the whole Tua situation from last year. You would think that they would be putting like player safety at the forefront of everything because that's the worst like publicity that they can have is that they're not taking care of players especially with like different studies and stuff that have come about about football and the effects on brain and mental health throughout the league and so it's just interesting to me too that it's like did you not learn anything from Tua last season in terms of like how bad that was for you on primetime football to have a player go down and things like that and so it's that's my area too where I'm like if you have these schedules set in more advance where it's not this ability to like flex players and have them play four days after a big game then it's just it gives you a better chance of keeping players healthy, which is what the NFL is. They're changing every single rule for the referees to protect quarterbacks. And yet they still I think there's still some obvious ways that they could protect their players that they don't they don't consider. No, because I, I think the NFL views it as just as long as the quarterbacks are healthy, it doesn't matter. Like there are a few players that move the needle when it comes to skill positions you know, Justin Jefferson being one of those guys, you know, Travis Kelsey that, you know, people will recognize those names, but you're tuning in for Patrick Mahomes. You're tuning in for Josh Allen. You're, you know, those are the guys you're there to watch. Jalen. How dare Hurt. you not say Joe Burrow. That man is trending on TikTok in the off season. It's true. Headband. With a headband. He, put, he s- put the headbands on and all the women in America lose their minds. I've Myself seen that video. Okay. I watched it four times. I was mesmerized. <laughs> Just he's got it. What's that new thing? That it's like a, got, 
It's a new thing. Aura. Like, what's his yeah. aura? That dude is rizzed out. He has got the it factor. I don't know what happened to Joe Burrow in his life, but he's been hand-selected by God to bless He's the He's got to be the only person in America that's never been made fun of for getting veneers. Okay? <laughs> I mean, no one talks about the fact that he has veneers in his mouth. It, it is very obvious. Go back his rookie year and look at him now. He still can't really talk with them. So... When you Guns. got the money, when you got the money, use it, my bro. Oh, I know. I'm not. Bang, I'm not bagging it. But As someone who has veneers, I find that offensive. You have veneers on my first two teeth because I knocked oh. them out. Well, that's different. Like he like I would have. Them. I would have no teeth if I didn't have veneers. He he replaced the whole set. You know what I mean? He got yeah. a brand new. It's like swapping out tires. I have a friend that uh, did that, and then he tattooed things on the back of the tooth. So he's got tattoos on his teeth. Oh. Shout out him. <laughs> I have nothing against them. I'm not saying that, but I feel like anytime someone does stuff like that, they get bad. It's just funny how they we get pick hotter. And, and then we ignore I, how they got hotter. I guess if you're a teeth person, yeah. Yeah. I'm a tooth person. You heard. There you go. That went places guns I didn't out. Think. Guns out. <laughs> Teeth out, guns out. That's it. Uh, any closing thoughts? Any last things you want to touch on before we wrap this one up? Nope. Uh, just remember to like, subscribe, follow, tell your friends, tell your mom. Tell a neighbor. Everything that you do to helps us, helps us, help you, help us, help you. This has been another episode of the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week. Bye-bye.